Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is the Dom Trap, episode three. The title of this episode is Mazda vs. Maserati, and I'll let you know about that later. But um, welcome back, episode three. I'm back after a little wait. Um, sorry for the delay since the last episode. It's been the holidays and Thanksgiving and just got a little tied up. So finally getting back to it today. So um, got some pretty good things to talk about today. Some good movies and some pretty good music that came out. A few things on television. So we'll get to it. Um, I just want to say thank you for tuning in again. Uh, it's a pleasure to be able to actually do this and have an audience, I guess you could say. So Shouts out to all you guys that are listening. Shouts out to all the people that are sharing, subscribing, and liking on YouTube, and adding to SoundCloud. It really means a lot, just because, um, as I've stated a few times before, this is just something that someone and me, myself, just wanted for me to do. So, I appreciate all of you. First order of business, if you have been to the movies and haven't seen Ford vs. Ferrari yet, then you should be pretty ashamed of yourself because this is one of the best movies in theaters right now. The movie stars Matt Damon, he's playing Carol Shelby. Um, Christian Bale's in the movie, John Barenthal, Josh Lucas, among others, and they all make for one great ensemble of a cast. Matt Damon's character, his name is Carol Shelby. He's more of the laid-back, cool guy compared to Christian Bale's Ken Miles, who is kind of sporadic and makes all of these brash decisions just off the whim. So... It's good seeing that good contrast between the two of them and seeing them actually click the way they do in the movie. It's good seeing Christian Bale actually be himself and not gain a bunch of weight and not lose a bunch of weight to play this role. Or, and he's not gaining a bunch of muscle to be Batman in this role. He's kind of a skinny guy, um, more along the lines of Christian Bale himself. So kudos to both of these gentlemen. They really made the movie for me, just both of their characters and what they did, how they went about it. Um, the cinematography is one of the best things about the movie, simply because we do get a lot of shots around the car, inside of the car, but it actually feels like you're there. Um, there are a lot of movies that try to mimic this, but the way this movie did it, it really puts you into the action, really puts you into the car, you really know what's going on. The movie doesn't show you everything that's going on with the car, but it does give you a good idea once something messes up, Ken Miles, Kristen Bell's character, he gets out and he says what's wrong and they fix that thing that's wrong or they make some kind of step to to fix whatever issue was happening at the time. So there's one part where the car, the 4GT that they're driving, that's pretty much what the movie's about. It's about the 4GT and there's an issue with the way that it's driving. So the way that they do it is really an unorthodox way of fixing the way that a car drives. <laughs> they got a bunch of strings and taped them onto the top of the car and that actually fixed the issue. So so that way they just took with that and they actually changed the body style of the car to cater to that need that needed to be fixed. So really good seeing stuff like that. There was an issue with the brakes and it causes him to do a lot of things with the car. They actually fixed the brakes. And before I get into spoiler territory, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you to watch the movie now. Um, that way I don't ruin any surprises for you. So Check out Ford vs. Ferrari, still playing in theaters right now. Um, one more thing that I really enjoyed about the movie was the soundtrack. Top-notch soundtrack. It really captures the time and the scenes that were happening in the movie, the way the soundtrack just rolls in. It just makes everything a little bit greater. So, 
if I had to rate this movie, I would give it a 8.5 out of 10. Um, I rarely give movies perfect scores. This movie is really, really good. I know somebody that may watch it. It may be a car person. They may know more about the tournament. They may know more about Carol Shelby. They may know more about Ken Miles. Me, myself, I do not. I went into this movie pretty blind. I just knew it was a good movie that had Matt Damon and Christian Bale in it. And I thoroughly enjoyed myself. So do check out Four vs. Ferrari. Great movie. Would not disappoint. If I had to rate the movie overall, I would say that the movie is an 8.5 out of 10. Um, not a perfect score for me. Somebody may give it a perfect score. I'm sure that there's someone out there that's going to give it a perfect score. And I'm not saying that they're wrong, but for me, the movie's an 8.5 out of 10. So take with that as you will. Go see the movie. Go check it out. Still in theaters right now. Yeah, just um, watch the movie. That's all I got. I don't have really anything that I disliked about it. It's just not the perfect movie for me. So um, we're going to keep moving here. The next thing I wanted to talk about today is the movie A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood with Tom Hanks. This is another movie that if you're going to go to the movies to watch a movie, please see this movie. Last I checked, it was doing okay in the box office. I think it should be doing better considering what else is out right now. Do check out A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Without spoiling anything, though, uh, I will say that Tom Hanks is a national treasure and we should treat him as such. Tom Hanks has uh, <laughs> he's done a lot in his career from uh, from Woody to actually seeing him in these more mature roles. And he he kills it every time. And if that's that's one actor that I would love to meet in person is Tom Hanks, because in this movie, he portrays Mr. Rogers. But at the same time, he doesn't. He. um it's almost like you're watching him channel Mr. Rogers. It's like you're watching Mr. Rogers, but then you take a step back or you actually look at it and you're like, oh, well, this is Tom Hanks. And I have to remember that this is Tom Hanks. So, um, re- really good movie. Really good movie. If I, if I, I would definitely watch it again if I wanted to. Just because it has replay value. It's a really charming movie and it has a great story and a great cast and, one thing I do want to make a lot of note on is uh, the soundtrack. It has the piano sounds from the actual Mr. Rogers show. The cinematography is also another thing that got me, just not in the way that things are filmed. There's some arguments to happen, and you know what's going on with who. There's a fight that happens. Um, and it's really easy to keep up with these things. And then the transitions from one place to another or one set to another set is just great because when you're going from one city to another city in this movie they actually show miniatures that look like they're from the set on the tv show like you actually see little cars moving you see like a little plane going from one place to another you see a trolley it's it's really cool stuff a really good throwback to the original tv show and there are actually a few scenes in the movie where he's actually filming the episode and you can actually see the cast and the director behind him and everything and the lighting crew. And it's just funny, like seeing their process and then seeing the actual, the outcome, like the actual material on TV is like night and day. Like everything looks great on the TV that I saw when I was younger, but looking at the cast and if that's really how they were then I I really feel bad for them because I feel like he wanted to perfect his craft so what he would do is he would film 
they say, oh, I don't think we should put that in there. He say, oh, I think we should put that in there. So I think it'd be funny working on a set with <laughs> like that. Well, seeing them, I wouldn't really want to work on that set, but seeing them kind of go back and forth about what should be on the show and what should not be on the show, considering the show's about him. Um, apparently, it's based on a true story. It's about this, uh, I guess you can call him a journalist, but it's about him and he's been tasked to speak with Mr. Rogers and the journalist has a bad rep, but they want to try to clean him up, I guess you could say, or actually just do it for the the company that he worked, the magazine company that he works for. So it's it's really good. It's really good to see his legacy. Um, there's a really, really great scene when they're all on a subway train and it it just is something that really just warms your heart. So do check out A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood if you don't have anything else to see in the movies right now. Another great movie that came out recently that I do want to speak about, I want to speak highly about, um, <laughs> again, this is another one. If you haven't seen it, do check out Knives Out. Um, this is probably going to be one of the best times you have in a theater this year. The movie is it's really a trip just from the way that it's shot. You can tell from maybe the first scene that they're just going to have a lot of fun with this movie. It's directed by Ryan Johnson, who... Um, directed the worst Star Wars movie. I'm not going to be afraid to go on a limb and say that. He directed The Last Jedi, the Star Wars movie that came out a few years ago. I absolutely hate that movie. But with this movie, Knives Out, he's pretty much redeemed himself in my book because this is just a great movie. Um, it has one of the best casts in the movie to come out this year. Uh, there's Chris Evans, there's Don Johnson, there's Daniel Craig, there's Ana de Armas. Lakeith Stanfield is in the movie, though it's not really a big role that he has, but he shows up in the movie, and <laughs> it's just a really, really fun movie. It's a whodunit, basically a whole murder mystery where they try to find out who killed um, basically the owner of the estate, who is some character's uh, father, the father-in-law, the grandfather, and just seeing how they get pulled in and questioned is one of the best parts of the movie. Each character has their own personality. Nobody acts like someone else. And you never know what these people are thinking because once you look at them and once you see how they act and how they basically do everything, you realize that these people are really psychopaths. <laughs> and um, it's just a really fun movie. I really enjoyed myself. I didn't have to turn my brain off to enjoy it. Once I get once it got me thinking, I was just thoroughly invested. Um, really, really smart movie made me think. But even then, once I figured out what was going on, just seeing it come like alive in front of me is one of the best parts of the movie. If I had to give Knives Out a rating, I would give it a nine out of ten. So I guess you could say that Knives Out gets a nines out. And this is where I put in a drum riff because that was a trash joke. So um, do check out Knives Out if you haven't yet. Um, we're going to move forward from Knives Out to something that's not as good as the other movies I've talked about so far. And you may not believe it, but that movie is Frozen 2. I absolutely hate this movie. I hated the story. I, it just was just it was completely unoriginal to me. I mean, if you've seen anything or heard about the TV show or the movie The Last Airbender, Avatar The Last Airbender, then this movie may not be for you because 
they basically stole the premise from Avatar The Last Airbender that was on Nickelodeon years back, and they didn't do it justice. They they completely butchered it. And then the fact that it's Disney and... It's, it's just not a good thing that this movie's making more money than every other movie I've talked about so far. Um, I, I hate this movie. This movie is overhyped. Um, it's Disney trash. They it's, it's a cash grab, really. It's a cash grab. If you look at the time that it's come out, which is November, and then you look at the holiday that's coming up soon, which is Christmas, and then you see that this movie was made just for the movie, but not only that, but for merch and toys for the precious little girls and boys. I don't know how many boys are buying frozen toys, but they uh, are getting their money on both ends of this spectrum. So I'd say if you have a child that you'd like to see frozen two with, please go see it with them. If you don't have a child that you want to see frozen two with, or if you just want to see frozen two, I'd say don't, um, this movie for me did ruin the original Frozen. I did enjoy that movie. I did see it later than when it came out. I wanted, It came out in 2013. I didn't see Frozen until 2015 because I just didn't want to be a believer of the hype. But once I saw it, I really enjoyed it. I seen what the hype was about. But this movie, is it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, the plot is not great. The voice acting is okay. Some of the characters just kind of ticked me off a little bit, but really the only redeeming factor with this movie is the animation, and Disney just knows how to do animation, and they know how to sell characters, but in this movie, when you have a bunch of characters that are not cool or great anymore, it's just it's just hard to see them selling these characters, and they just, they suck. Plain and simple, the characters suck, so... If I had to give Frozen 2 a rating, I'd give it a 5 out of 10. I didn't really enjoy it. Uh, It was just not fun to watch compared to everything else that's come out recently. But to push up from that, I do want to talk about Queen and Slim. This is a movie that I was really skeptical about. I knew that Lena Waithe was going to be hating a lot of it. I love Lena Waithe. I loved her Thanksgiving episode that was on the Netflix show called Master of None with Aziz Ansari. Um, I don't know where Aziz Ansari is right now, but... It's directed by Melina Matsukis, I believe that's how you say her name, and I, when I saw the trailer, I knew that it was going to be good, but I did have a feeling inside of me that felt like it's going to be good, but it could fall somewhere, and I really enjoyed the movie myself. I did, the soundtrack is top-notch, I really enjoyed the soundtrack, I enjoyed the characters in the movie they really sell the characters that they portray it's just the pacing is a big thing for me that I wasn't a huge fan of the movie overall takes place about well it takes place in over six days the movie is six days and it seems a lot longer than that but then again the movie's about two people running from the law so how long can you really outrun the law And be actually successful in doing that. So, um, the movie is unrealistic. I can say that. So, don't think too much about it. It is smarter than a lot of TV shows that are out right now. But, overall, the movie is just, it's unrealistic. If you see these things happening, you're just going to know that this isn't real life. These things just can't happen. 
but that actually does justice for the movie because the movie is not supposed to be realistic. It's a story between two people. So got to give the movie props on that. It's not like it's a biography or anything or anything that's taken from actual history. I will be the one to say that this movie is style over substance. Um, the cinematography is the best thing about this movie to me. Um, there are a lot of shots that are taken from like car doors and just, you know, what's going on in this movie. Like, um, like when I mentioned about A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood prior and Ford versus Ferrari prior, the, you actually get a sense of what's going on. You can actually see what's happening and that just makes everything so much better. You don't want to watch a movie with a bunch of jump cuts because then you're basically watching a Transformers or a Fast and Furious movie. But you actually get a sense of what's going on, what's happening around these two characters and the people around these two characters. And that just makes it all the more better. Daniel Kaluuya and Jodie Turner-Smith are the, uh, the title characters in the movie. They do a really great job with their characters. Daniel Kaluuya right now is somebody I think that they cannot, um, they can't take an L right now. He was in the movie Widows. He did have a part that wasn't huge, but still a good movie nonetheless. He still killed his role nonetheless. He was still a uh, intimidated character nonetheless. So do check out Queen and Slim, even if it's unrealistic and it has its pacing issues. If I had to give it a rating, I'd give it a 8 out of 10. That may be kind of high for a lot of people, but I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I didn't want to nitpick about it too, too much. I feel like I've done a lot of nitpicking with Frozen 2, and I think that took a lot out of me. So check out Queen and Slim. Now, from Queen and Slim, I do want to go to another movie with an African-American lead, and that's 21 Bridges, which stars Chadwick Boseman, and he portrays a police officer. This movie is a turn-your-brain-off-and-enjoy type of movie. And I only say that because if you watch this movie and think too much about it, you're going to not like the movie. But <laughs> I went in with not the highest of expectations simply because the movie, it just... It, it didn't really pull me the way I wanted it to. I feel like this movie has been, like, trying to be released for the longest time. Like... I remember seeing the movie trailer months ago, like earlier this year and looking at the, uh, I'm looking online now and I see that it was supposed to be released on July 12th and then got pushed back to September 27th. And it finally found a release date in November on November 22nd. And it's just weird how that happened. I don't know what the reason was for the pushback. I mean, it was starring Chadwick Boseman, who's huge right now, and he's a South Carolina native, so shouts out to Chadwick Boseman out here still doing big things. J.K. Simmons is in this movie, and he's always great. Keith David is in it, but only briefly, so if you like Keith David, do be, uh, be expecting not to see a lot from him. Taylor Kitsch is in this movie, who has been in a few roles that have not been great recently, but... Uh, he did pretty he did pretty well in this one. I, I will say that he did a good job in this movie. I just find it still so weird that the movie was pushed back so many times when it has the cast that it has and it's even produced by the Russo brothers who have just coming off the uh, the coming off the Avengers franchise. So how could a movie that they had their hands in B 
be taken the way that it's been taken. And Chadwick Boseman, who's also acting in the movie, he also produced it. So it's just weird to see how, I don't know, I just, it's, it's hard seeing that now. I know that there are some movies that have been delayed or even canceled or just put off in general, but it's just a movie in 2019 with the hands that it has in its pot. Just seeing that it's been delayed this many times. And like I said, I feel like I've seen the trailer for it for like a year and the movie's just coming out. I feel like it would have been better if it just would have come out in July around the summertime. But I guess I, I just don't know. I don't have an explanation and and I'd really just like to know the answer to why that is. But I guess that's just a story for another day. I guess we'll find out soon, hopefully. But if I had to give the movie a rating, I'd give it a 7.5 out of 10. This is my personal score. You may see lower scores elsewhere. The third act is definitely the weakest part of this movie. It slows down to a pace to where it just feels like it's overstaying its welcome at this point. And the movie's like maybe an hour and a little bit over an hour and a half long. So it's just kind of weird how so much has happened before. And then when you get to the the resolution of everything, it just feels like the movie's just being drawn out even more than it should have been. But I still enjoyed the movie for what it was, even with that third act, the way that it was. So do check it out. Um, the best part about the movie by far is the action scenes and the chase scenes. It gets an A in my book for those scenes, but it's just everything else that happens, like the uh, just the, the talking scenes, they really slow the movie down. And then you're like, OK, can we go back to the, the shooty shoot parts? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> do check out 21 Bridges. Like I said, this is one of those movies that you just cannot think too much about. This is another movie that's also unrealistic. The dialogue is just okay overall in this movie. It's not great. It is a little bit... Uh, that's the best word I can use to explain it. I know I probably just said a lot at the beginning of Home Improvement with the... Uh, but that is uh, the best I can explain the dialogue. Well, some of the dialogue. Some of it's great. Some of it's not so good. You wonder why that made it through production anyway. But um, do check out the movie nonetheless. The last movie I want to talk about this episode is a, a great movie. It's a bit long. Uh, this is another movie with a weak third act. And that movie is The Irishman. Now, I feel like this is another movie I've been seeing a lot of stuff about for a long time. I knew that Al Pacino and Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci were all going to be in the movie. But I kind of tuned a lot of it out the more I kept finding things out because I didn't want to be spoiled by the movie. I just wanted Martin Scorsese to um, to do great with this movie. The movie is long. Um, <laughs> I do feel like the movie can be broken up into different episodes, I guess you could say. Like if you don't want to watch the, the whole three and a half hour epic, you could watch maybe 45 minutes and then another 45 minutes and then an hour. I do feel like it can be broken up that way. Similar to how the Hateful Eight is broken up on Netflix, how they're four episodes instead of a four-hour movie. So take with that as you will. Great movie. It's three and a half hours, though it doesn't seem like it until it's over. The first two hours are definitely the strong point of the movie, just because 
there's so much going on and so many characters being introduced and you're trying to find out who did what with who and who is who and who's the boss of who and it's really a lot of fun and then just seeing a lot of these old actors just seeing De Niro, Pacino, Joe Pesci, um, Ray Romano's in this movie which was a great surprise, Jesse Plemons who is Todd from Breaking Bad, he's in this movie and he's, he, Jesse Plemons is a great actor and People need to really put some respect on his name because he's he's great. Jesse Plemons is great. He's great at being that jerk character. I mean, even when he was in Like Mike, like he was a jerk character, but he was great at being the jerk character. So shouts out to Jesse Plemons for his role in the movie. And it's just a, a good movie. If you're into mobster movies, you're going to love it. If not, I think you'll still like it, even though I don't think that you'll be wanting to sit through the whole three and a half hours through one stretch. Like I said before, you can break it up and that'll be fine. Um, I do see that there's a little bit of a controversy with Anna Packin's role in the movie, and that's because she only had seven lines of dialogue. But I feel like with a movie like that, she didn't really need to say much. I think all the talking should have been done by the, the big people in the movie. No offense to her, but... I totally respect why that was done. I do not respect Martin Scorsese's take on the Marvel movies, but he he did make a good movie this time around, which is not surprising. So Irishman, do check it out. It's on Netflix now, three and a half hours. Um, <laughs> like I said, the first two hours, you may not even know that it was two hours, but they passed by really, really fast. And another thing I just wanted to point out, but I'm looking now and I see that the movie was made on a $159 million budget, which I'm assuming went into the CG on the characters. I hate that they use CG on these characters. Um, they used the, the kind of de-aging CG that they used in the Marvel movies to make characters look younger. They used this effect on Al Pacino as well as Robert De Niro. And I want to say they may be done the same thing to make them look older well, Robert De Niro look older anyway because he's pretty old by the time the movie ends. But it's just the the it's a cool feature, but I don't feel like it should be used in everything. I feel like um, even though they use this kind of the CG on their faces, they still look old and they look like they're making these old facial expressions. And it just doesn't come off as being great. Like it doesn't look like Michael Douglas in the Avengers movie or the Ant-Man movie. It doesn't come off that way. It just comes off as you're putting makeup on an old man and he's still an old man. Like, yeah, you're making his, you're making his face look younger, but from the neck down, that man is still old. And then not to mention that there were some, um, some shots taken while they were filming where Robert De Niro has on platform shoes to make his character taller so i looked up his height he's 510 but i guess with the shoes that would be making him 61 or 64 maybe somewhere between there um but it's it's just weird it's just it's just different to see but good movie nonetheless once you look past all of that stuff you actually get into the story and the characters and their relationships good movie if i had to rate the irishman i would give it and I give it a 9 out of 10 on the strength. I give The Irishman a 9 out of 10. So do check it out. Like I said before, it's on Netflix, easily accessible. Three and a half hours if you're up to it. Break it up if you need to. Do watch the movie.
there was some music that came out this past week. Um, I did like a lot of the music that was released, but I just don't have much to say outside of it. Is that I believe that it's all pretty good. Like, for example, The Weeknd dropped two singles, Blinding Lights and Heartless, and I think they're both good. I do like Blinding Lights more than I like Heartless, just because it gives off that 80s synth wave kind of vibe, and I like that kind of vibe, so... Blinding Lights is definitely the way to go if you're going to listen to one of them. Um, the Game put out an album this week as well called Born to Rap. And I will say when he put out the the album art for the album, I was not a fan of what I was looking at. It's him in the studio with a bunch of pregnant women. I see what he was trying to do with the whole Born to Rap thing, just saying that he was born to rap. Pregnant women in the studio, he's rapping, babies being born to rap. Like, I get it, but one, it's corny, and two, it's not pleasing to look at at all. But um, as far as the music goes, it's 25 songs, and the album comes out to be about an hour and a half. Um, Really, really, really good album. Great album, actually. It's really, it's, it's great. The music is great. I do like the first half more than I like the second half, just because the second half has a lot of slower tracks and tracks where he's not really saying much at all. But production-wise, that's weaker as well on the second half compared to the first half. As far as actual regular original beats and samples go. But do give it a listen. Um, don't, let the, um, don't let the album art take you off too much. It's just something that I guess he just decided to do, and I don't understand how that was the one thing to make it through, but who am I at the end of the day? But um, I think that's about it as far as music goes. I know Fabulous put out his album, and uh, I, I don't know what to say. Like I like Fabulous. I like his sense of style, but this album just sounds like he's trying to keep up with the times, but he's not doing the best job at it. So... Definitely check out The Weeknd and check out The Game's album, Born to Rap. Really good projects, I guess you could say. I won't really give them a rating just because they haven't gotten enough time to grow on me yet, but that may come in the near future. The final thing I wanted to talk about on today's episode is the TV show Watchmen on HBO. And I'm going to say this again if I haven't said it already, but if you're not watching this show, you're missing out. Sunday HBO comes on Sundays at 9. This is not an ad. Um, <laughs> it's just really great TV. Do check it out. Um, I've enjoyed every single episode so far. It is based off of the original comics and the movie. But if you've either seen the movie or read the comics and walk into the show, it could be a little bit jarring, I guess. But if you haven't seen any of them and you just walk into the show you still won't be lost with any other content. I think that's what makes the show great to me. But I don't really feel that enough people are watching the show right now for some reason. I don't feel like I see enough people talking about it. So I do want to get the show's awareness out. Great TV show. There's seven episodes as of right now. There are two more left in the season. And then I, we're just going to have to wait until the next season. So do watch Watchmen on HBO. It, Like I said, it's can be a little bit jarring, but there's a story to it all. I don't want to talk about spoilers just yet, but do watch Watchmen on HBO. And 
I believe that about does it for this episode. I know it could be a little bit of a short episode, but I didn't have much to really get into this week about the um, things that I've seen and listened to this week. So I'm hoping to actually figure out a better formula for how I'm going to get everything across in the near future. So thank you for being with this rough process overall. Um, I appreciate all your listens, all of your views for sharing it and Everything, all the family and friends that are tuning in and everything, I really do appreciate each and every one of you. Like I said before, if you have any suggestions for me, just let me know and I could actually put those forward to the actual content. So thank you all. It's been great. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Um, I was going to talk about a few more things but i think i'll just rather i'd rather wait to be honest so um thank you for listening this has been episode three mazda versus maserati which is like i said a play on words with ford versus ferrari i am your host dominique this has been the dom trap thank you very much for listening and goodbye arrivederci adios however you want to put it. (laughs) Thanks for listening.